Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank you, Lord. I am so grateful for the Word of God. It is truly the law of liberty. If we follow the Word of God and do what God says, then we are going to be so free, we won't have any bondages of the enemy. You see, the enemy tries to restrict us and constrict us with his lies and with traditions, but God wants to make us free from all of that. He wants us to live in the truth of his word so that we can see his faithfulness to his covenant manifested in our day-to-day life. Glory to God. Well, we've been on a subject for a while, little while now called the good fight of faith. And we're going to continue with that today. We're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. This is the verse that we get our title from. 1 Timothy 6:12 says, "Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses." Now, if you listen to the previous podcast, uh, we talked about what the good fight of faith is. What are we fighting to achieve? And if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you, go back and listen to it and, and listen to the previous episodes of this series so that we, you can get caught up with us because we're building on a foundation that we laid in the previous lessons. It'll really do you some good, so it'll help you get the full picture of what we're talking about. But last time we talked about the fight of faith and how it is the fight, the struggle, to enter into and then stay in the rest that God has for us. We looked at Romans 15, where it says that God will fill us with joy and peace when we're trusting in him. We also looked at Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll look at this one again today, Hebrews 4, 11. It says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. When we're truly trusting God, there's going to be evidence of that. And that evidence is joy and peace. Not just something that we're putting on on the outside. It's not just a front or a facade. You know, you go around with a plastic smile on your face all the time. That's not real joy. That's you trying to fake it until you make it. Well, God doesn't want us to do that. When we're truly trusting God, there will be a joy, a true joy that the Bible says is unspeakable 
What does that mean? Well, it's, you're, that means you're so full of joy that you can't express it all. You, you can try, you can, you can say everything that you know how to say, but you know deep down that you haven't told the half of it. <laughs> Amen? The half has never yet been told. That is what comes from real faith in God, that real joy and real peace. Now, this peace, the Philippians talks about this peace. It describes it as peace that passes understanding. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, the word keep, a lot of other versions will say the peace of God will set up guard around your heart, around your mind. Well, what is the peace of God going to guard against? It's going to guard against distress, troubles, fears that are coming from the outside all the time, trying to get you out of that rest. But when we're truly trusting God and believing Him, relying on Him, then we're going to have this joy and peace and it's not, we're not going to be shaken. If your roots are really deep in God's faithfulness, God's promises, God's word, you're really rooted and grounded in what God has said, and you truly believe him, you're not going to be easily moved by circumstances or by problems that come against you. You know, I grew up out in the country, and we had a really big oak tree. I, I don't know, this, this thing probably was at least 150 years old, maybe more. It, it was so big around, it would take probably three people linking hands to reach around the trunk of this tree. It was huge. And this tree had massive roots. I mean, you can't see them all, obviously, because they're underground, but this tree had such big roots, some of them were actually peeking above the surface of the ground, and they looked like a whole nother limb of the tree just sitting there on the ground. That tree has stood there for however long and has endured all kinds of storms, undoubtedly. How was it able to withstand all of that? Because of its deep, solid roots. The winds may blow, the storms may come, and the, the limbs on the tree may sway. Some leaves may even fall off, but that tree is not going anywhere because it is rooted and grounded, you would say, where it's at. That's the way that we need to be with the Word of God. When we take an iron grip on the promises that God has given us in His Word and we refuse to turn loose of it, no matter what, then we can bear up under all kinds of things that the devil may try to bring against us. But as long as we don't, we don't turn loose of the word of God, we're going to overcome. God's going to see us through every time. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our 
faith. How do we overcome situations and circumstances in life? By trusting God, by believing what he said in his word. Amen. And this is where the fight comes in, the fight of faith. Because as I said, storms will come, trials and tests will arise. And our job is to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life and not let go. Now, I want to look today at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning with verse 22. It says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. You know, God sustains us every day. We ought to thank God often for sustaining us and keeping us, helping us through situations that we aren't even aware of. It's of His mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. Verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Now we sing about this sometimes. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. All of that is scriptural. God is so faithful. He will never, ever fail us. He will never go back on his word. Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Thank you, Father. He goes on, verse 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now notice some of these things that he's pointing out here. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. Verse 25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Verse 26, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now, what is he talking about here? This hope, this waiting on the Lord. Hope, according to the Bible, has a very different definition than we have given it today. Today, we use the word hope like this. Someone says, well, you going to the game tonight? Well, I sure hope I can. What do they mean? Well, you know, I I want to, but I don't know if I'll really be able to make it. Uh, Probably not, but, you know, 
I, I hope so. I want to go, but I may not. That's our connotation of hope today. Well, we need to get our mind renewed when it comes to the concept of hope because the, when the Bible refers to hope, it is referring to the highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. That's, that's the definition out of the dictionary. The highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. To put it a little more simply, we could just say that hope, Bible hope, is confident expectation. It's not just wishing or desiring something. It is confidently expecting something. You know, when you go online and you order something off of a website, they'll send you confirmation of your order, usually. As soon as you receive the confirmation of your order, you are now expecting to receive what you paid for, right? You are, in effect, hoping that you'll receive whatever it is you bought. You are confidently expecting that package to show up at your doorstep. That's the way it is with the Lord. We need to confidently expect what he said to come to pass. According to the Bible, hope, this confident expectation, is a very powerful force. So we need to make sure and get our hopes up. People say, well, you know, don't get your hopes up about this. This could happen. This good thing could happen. But, you know, don't get your hopes up. It, may, it might not happen. No. If we're truly in faith, truly believing God, then we need to get our hope up, our expectation. Jesus said in several different places, be it unto you according to your faith. What are you believing God for? What are you expecting him to do in your life? That's what he's going to do. If you're expecting him to be your provider and to take care of you, then he is going to be faithful to his word to do that for you. If you're expecting him to be your protector and to sustain you through dangerous situations, that's what he's going to do for you. If you're expecting him to be your healer, to come through where the doctors said that, it, that was, there was no hope, and God said, ah, hope in me, expect me to act. And when you act on that and you do that, you're going to see miraculous things show up in your life. The power of God is going to be manifested in your life because his arm is reaching out giving us things. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. God is giving us things by grace. It says in James that every good gift, 
And every perfect or completing gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. God is giving us these gifts, these good things, free and clear. We don't have to work to earn them. We don't have to try and deserve them or be good enough to deserve them. He's just giving them to us. His arm is already reaching out to give us the, the things, the good things that he has for us. And we need to reach our arm of faith out and receive it, lay hold of it by faith, and then expect to see it in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 43. Let's look at this. Psalm 43, beginning with verse 3. The psalmist is speaking to the Lord, and he says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. You know, we don't always have to be able to play a musical instrument to praise the Lord. You have a voice, don't you? If you have a voice, then you have an instrument with which to praise God. You know, some people will say, well, I can't sing. Everybody can sing. Not everybody should record, but everybody can sing. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. With some people, it's just noisier than others. <laughs> but that's okay. God hears it as a sweet sound, a beautiful sound to him. You know, if you have children and they come to you and they, they give you a little crayon drawing and they say, I made this for you. It doesn't matter to you what it looks like. It doesn't matter to you if it's just a bunch of scribbles on the paper. You can tell that they were thinking about you when they were drawing this and that they put their heart into it and they wanted you to have it. And so you're going to receive it and be grateful for it. And you may even put it up on your refrigerator. And your friends come over and say, what's that on your refrigerator? Oh, my son drew that for me. My daughter drew that for me. Isn't it beautiful? See, that's the heart of the Father. That's the love that God has for us. It doesn't matter if they would never let us into the Metropolitan Opera or the New York Philharmonic. That doesn't matter. Just give what you have to the Lord and he will receive it. The psalmist talks about offering up the sacrifice of praise, praising the Lord even when you don't feel like it. That's what pleases the Lord. So he's, he's talking about this in this psalm. He's saying, I'm going to praise the Lord because he is my exceeding joy. He's sending me his light and his truth. And then he gets down to verse five. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Now he's not talking to the Lord anymore. Who's he talking to? 
his soul. And he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? You know, that we might say, why are you depressed, soul? Why are you downcast? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Disquieted, disgruntled, upset. Why are you like this, soul? Then notice what he says. Hope in God. For I shall yet, what? Praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Sometimes in fighting the good fight of faith, we need to, you know, like they say, get yourself by the ear, drag yourself over to the mirror and talk to yourself and say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you downcast? Why are you depressed? Why are you upset? You need to hope in God. You need to expect God to act in your life. For I am going to praise him. I believe that I will very soon have plenty of reason to praise him. Glory to God. That's Bible hope. That is confident expectation of good. Like I said, the enemy will try and bring things to you, thoughts, feelings that are contrary to what God says. But just because he's bringing them to bear on the outside doesn't mean that it has to get in you. The Lord showed me some time back. He gave me this statement. You are the gatekeeper of your own heart. In other words, nothing gets in your heart unless you let it in. And so there may be trouble all around you, There may be things right in front of your eyes that you can't deny. It doesn't look good. But real faith is not denying what we see or what we feel. Real faith is believing God's word is going to triumph over that. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm not focusing on, I'm not looking at the things that are currently in front of me, the current situations. Instead, I'm focusing on the goodness of God. I'm focusing on what he promised me in his word. And I believe that God is powerful enough and faithful enough to his word that he will cause everything to work out for my good because I love him and I'm doing what he wants me to do. I'm doing my part. I'm believing him, trusting him. And so I know that he's going to do his part, which is always cause me to triumph. Glory to God. He's so faithful. He's so good. And he always watches over his word to perform it in the lives of those who believe it and act on it. Real quickly, I want to read you 
what it says in James chapter 1. Talking about acting on the word, doing what he says, doing our part. James 1, beginning with verse 22. He says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If you just hear the word, but you don't act on it, you're going to deceive yourself. Verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You ever look in a mirror, fix yourself up, and then walk away and immediately forget, wait a minute, did I comb my hair just right? Did I do this and that? Is my tie straight and everything? If you're wearing a tie. Ever, that ever happened to you? That's what he's saying it's like when you're a hearer of the word only, but you don't act on it. Verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now we know what that is. That's the word of God. If you're looking into the word of God and you're continuing therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So if we want to be blessed in what we're doing, act on the word of God. Hear it, receive it, and then act on it. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe on your platform there so that you'll never miss an episode. And share this. I encourage you, share this with your friends, with your family. Let other people know about it. And then join us again next time as we continue talking about the good fight of faith and we're going to continue talking about hope and expecting God to be faithful to his promise. We'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.